When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, man. Wow. That was just so bad. If that wasn't the worst win you've seen your favorite hockey team have, I can't imagine what was. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates, where you found this. Penguins 6, Senators 4, and however it is that you'd care to characterize the outcome The approach that was taken was just grisly, but don't take my word for it. Here's what Mike Sullivan had to say afterward. I I don't think we had our best game all night. It was just one of those games where um, we just lacked the attention to detail that that our team is normally accustomed to playing with. And um, when you play that way, you know, you, you tend to give up chances, spend more time in your end and that was just the case all night. I mean, fortunately, we we found a way to win. You know, um, we I think our guys had a lot of finish, but we we know it wasn't our best. You're gonna have to trust me that Sullivan was in all likelihood holding back the best tirade we've seen in these parts since Michelle Terrian. You know, the soft thing. There is almost nothing that his team did well other than to tend goal. Tristan Jari was really good throughout. And then to score goals against Ottawa's lack of goaltending. And that's it. I mean, I could also throw in that Mike Matheson was flying all over the rink. Two goals and assist. A couple of really, really dominating type rushes and everything else. But Matheson himself will tell you that what they did wasn't anywhere near good enough. I think the biggest thing is is managing the puck, um, especially in that third period. But kind of all all through this game, we were we were a little sloppy, um, and, and the same in that first period, first half of the game in in Vegas. So it's uh, it's it's a tough way to play. Teams are really good on the transition now. Um, they have a lot of speed, and so if if you're giving them those opportunities, it's it's tough to defend well because when you're on the rush and have the puck, you're not necessarily in a position to defend, and it happens quick when it turns over. A result's a result. Matheson got the two goals, Sidney Crosby with one, Evgeny Malkin with one, Dominic Simone with one, and then after the Senators 
turned five to one into five to four. It was Jake Gensel's empty netter that sealed it. And um, yeah, there's work to do. There's work to do. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Anyone can choose to dismiss this performance with the old cliched first game back at home after a long road trip while acknowledging that what really should have happened is that the result should have matched. And if the Penguins were facing, you know, a team that wasn't the Senators, they probably would have gotten that. They probably would have been pasted if they had come home and done this against, I don't know, you know, Carolina, Washington, someone like that. But if you stretch back a little bit and you include the really rough night that they had in Los Angeles against the Kings, and you're now looking at three times in the last four games where the other team has clocked 40-plus shots, that's not what's gotten this team to where it is at this stage of the regular season. It just isn't. And as I'd been warning against all week, to the consternation of some listeners, I might add, you know, what is it that you're, you know, predicting the sky falling even before it happens or whatever? It's just that there's an ease and an elegance to the game of really, really talented players. Matheson, as long as he had the big night here, jumps to mind. When you see the things that he can do, the way he can accelerate seemingly out of nowhere to dash through two people who are going full speed themselves and create his own golden scoring chance just skating right down Grand Street, that's when you have that example right there in front of you on the ice of how talented and how deep this roster is. And, you know, you'd wonder if they wouldn't be better off losing one or two of these, you know, where they just end up on the wrong side of the actual score. And then they have, you know, a couple of days to think about it or a couple of days where Sullivan can apply certain teachings in practice with a little extra oomph and maybe get a little extra attention to try to get this team to swing back to where it was before the last 10 or 11 days. Now, there are going to be people who get lazy about this and just say, aha, look, Gino's back, or Sid and Gino, or whatever else, and they're starting to get players back, and they're starting to... You know what? It's not about the stars. Actually, Sid and Gino were two of their better players last night. With a minute to go, for the record, in a defensive zone draw and a one-goal lead, Sullivan sent Sid's line over the boards. That was what led right into Jake's empty netter. Those guys 
aren't the problem and haven't been the problem. Instead, I'm going to keep locking in on supporting cast players who rose above being supporting cast players and really set the tone for the type of hockey that the team overall was playing. Look, the last thing you want to do is criticize Evan Rodriguez with the kind of season that he's had, but have you noticed him lately? I could throw in something similar about Danton Heinen. He's obviously also had the COVID stint and whatever else, but you want to see all of these guys performing at that same level and bringing that same sense of relentless work ethic in your face identity. When the stars come back, it's not the stars that fall off. It's the supporting cast that falls off. And there's really only so much the stars could or should do about it. What do you think Sid should do if Evan Rodriguez goes into a little bit of a slump? Get right up in his kitchen and start yelling at him or something? I mean, what what should he do? What should Gino do? All they can do for the most part, is to come back and be the best version of themselves. I'd say that's been the case. Uh, it's taken a while with Sid, and, and Gino had the big return game in Anaheim and then slid a little bit after that, which was to be expected. But again, those were big goals those guys had last night. It's everyone else. It's most everyone else that needs to remember how this team was playing before the last couple of weeks. I don't want to burst anybody's bubble here, but I've held one stance firmly since the season's opening face-off that night in Tampa, and that is this. This team has only one way that it can play and expect to contend for a Stanley Cup. It can get by. It can do things like last night and get opportunistic and take advantage of some rushes and capitalize on a power play and hope and pray that Tristan Jari makes another 35-36 saves. That's not going to do them any good when they face real opponents and they face them in best-of-seven elimination hockey. All that it'll bring is a fourth straight first-round exit. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. FuboTV.com slash DK. Today's J1Q comes from Dan Patterson who asks, this team feels like it has the right mix of skill, experience, youth, and toughness slash grit to have a special season. Do you feel, after that game against Ottawa, that they're tough enough in the hockey sense 
with this current roster. Dan, I had a lot of thoughts on this specific subject in watching that third period, especially the third period, and within that, especially John Marino taking on Brady Kachuk in a fight there in the final 10 seconds. The Senators are an abrasive team. They're an annoying team. And they visibly agitate a lot of the Penguins, including guys who don't normally get engaged in that sort of thing. So it was easy to see right from the outset that there was going to be trouble of some kind. I mean, it's 2022, so this isn't like 1976 where you just knew you were going to see 300 penalty minutes and the boxes overstuffed. But there was going to be way more than the norm, and in fact, that's what ended up playing out. They went after Chris Letang early. Letang started going after all of them all evening long. Brian Boyle responded, then they came at Boyle, then there was a fight, or there was supposed to be a fight between Boyle and Austin Watson, who can't do anything but fight, and somehow no fight materialized. They basically hugged and laughed about it, or whatever that was. This was in the first period. But then with 10 seconds left, Brady Kachuk decides, well, we're losing, I'm just going to start taking some heads off. This is how the Kachuks are. This is how the dad was, Keith Kachuk, and this is how the brother is Matthew out in Calgary. They're just troublemakers. Um, I have other words. They're not clean. They're not suitable for a family podcast, but that's who they are, all of them. I'm not singling out one brother from the other brother or, for that matter, from the father. They're cut from exactly the same cloth, exactly the same DNA. So when Brady goes out there, On that last shift, and looks like he's ready to just start taking some heads off, he takes a run at Marino, a brutal run. And Marino turns around and goes at him and challenges him, and then you can lip-read from Brady Kachuk saying, you want to go. And, you know, if you're Marino, and this is a really, really smart kid, you want to talk about cut from the same cloth. If you knew John Marino's dad, you'd know that these are some really, really intelligent people. But in this moment, John lost a little bit of that, okay? Because he said yes, and he was going up against somebody who does this all the time. And it did not go well for the young man. By my count, at least from the press box perspective, I saw two haymaker lefts land on Marino. He managed to survive. He went at him. It was an honest attempt. He wasn't doing it for show. He didn't just go in there and try to grab him or pull a shirt over his head or whatever it was. He he actually went in there and tried to fight him. And afterward, Dominic Simone, who had gotten the helmet, the postgame helmet, from his teammates out in Las Vegas, was entrusted to pass along the next helmet, and he gave it to Marino. He even said out loud in front of the locker room, John's first fight. So what is this team when it comes to toughness? What is it? I asked that question after this game of Sullivan. Well, as I say to our guys all the time, we want to play to our strengths. You know, you fight the fights, you know you can win. And uh, and we're, we're, we're at our very best when we play between the whistles. And, you know, in my, in my tenure here, there's been, there's been lots of... Um, 
there's been lots of teams that have taken that approach. Um, but we know we know we can we can win we can win the game playing a certain way, and we need a certain discipline and a certain resilience to make sure that 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 focus goes undeterred. Not one syllable of that response could possibly be a surprise to anyone who's followed this team, but it helps to hear it, I think. After something like this, it helps to have it reinforced. He views toughness as a player's mental makeup and capability to turn and skate away and to remember what it is that they could do that would most hurt that specific opponent, whether it's an individual or a team? What's the one thing you can do to them that's the worst possible thing in their eyes? It's to beat them. And as you heard Sullivan reference in his answer, the Penguins had to deal with that a lot in the two cup years. Remember, the Capitals were just out to kill them. The Blue Jackets, their opponent tonight in Columbus, same thing. They just thought they could run these guys over and scare them. And a lot of old-school hockey observers watched that and went, wow, what is going on here? Our team is so weak and so fragile. And yet at the end of the series, the Penguins were the ones with the smiles on their faces shaking hands. So for all the bad things that I have to say about last night's performance, that's, to me, a positive. No, I don't want to see John Marino fighting Brady Kachuk on any regular basis, but I do want Marino to let it be known that he's not going to get run like that. Whatever he risks in fighting, he also risks by putting himself into a position where he gains the reputation of someone that you can just steamroller without having to risk anything in return. From there, take the higher road and gain the upper hand. Listen, after that fight, there were still a few ticks on the clock, and they lined up for another faceoff, and Ottawa sends out Austin Watson. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, this is stuff from the, you know, 1976 playbook. We'll show you. We'll send our enforcer out for the last draw. So to his credit, Sid starts following Watson to the face-off and kind of making this snarly-looking expression at him. And I'm not all that great at lip-reading, but my guess is that Sid said something along the lines of, like, really? Really? You know what year it is? This is what you're going to do? And then they played out those final few seconds. They got together again along the boards, and they pushed and shoved. And guess what? The Penguins skated off the rink after playing a completely crappy game and won and the Senators left unhappy. And, presumably, given their style and what it is that a lot of their players like to do, unfulfilled on multiple levels. So, take your positive. You know, that's a positive. That's a positive. I'm headed to Columbus tonight uh, to cover Penguins Blue Jackets, and then I'll be back in town for Penguins versus Winnipeg Jets on Sunday, and then we will have another daily shot of penguins for you Monday. Thank you so much for listening.